Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good morning, good morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My sisters, Mr. Billy Cartwright. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? Yo. And it's told him. I don't walk around. Mark, Mark, and Luke, and John. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just hold on. <laughs> hold on. Just hold on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I couldn't put the fatigues on because it's pajama day. <laughs> The Holy Ghost is here. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling y'all. The Holy Ghost is here. Tell him to come on. No, you Good morning, good morning. Thank you, 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 thank you. The Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, 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 thank you. You'll understand in a minute, Angela, why. You'll understand. You'll understand in a minute why. Why why the command is there. I don't have a lot of time to waste today. So if you're just logging on, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. I can't waste like one ounce of what I have to give you today. So let's go on and pray. (laughs) Let's get started. Let's share the devotional. Put it absolutely everywhere you can. Today's devotional is called There is Ministry in You. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Mm. I need to read this. I need to 
I'm going to read this. Father, we welcome you. It ain't even a whole lot I can say right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me read this. This is Isaiah 51. It says, listen to me, all who hope for deliverance, all who seek the Lord, consider the rock from which you were cut, the quarry from which you were mined. Yes, think about Abraham, your ancestor, and Sarah, who gave birth to your nation. Abraham was only one man when I called him. But when I blessed him, he became a great nation. The Lord will comfort Israel again and have pity on her ruins. Her desert, her desert will blossom like Edom, Eden, her barren wilderness, like the garden of the Lord. My God, <laughs> joy and gladness will be found there. Songs of thanksgiving will fill the air. Listen to me, my people. Hear me, Israel, for my law will be proclaimed and my justice will become a light to the nations. My, my mercy and justice are coming soon. My salvation is on the way. My strong arm will bring justice to the nations. All distant lands will look to me and wait and hope for my powerful arm. Look up to the skies above and gaze down on the earth below. For the skies will disappear like smoke and the earth will wear out like a piece of clothing. The people of the earth will die like flies, but my salvation lasts forever. My righteous will rule will never end. Listen to me, you who know right from wrong, you who cherish my laws in your hearts. Do not be afraid of people's scorn, nor fear their insults, for the moth will devour them as it devours clothing. The worm will eat at them as it eats wool, but my righteous will last forever. My salvation will continue from generation to generation. Wake up, wake up, O Lord, clothe yourself with strength. Flex your might, mighty right arm. Rouse yourself as in the days of old. When you slew Egypt, the dragon of the Nile. Are you not the same today? The one who dried up the sea. Making a path of escape through the depths so that your people could cross over. Those who have been ransomed by the Lord will return. They will enter Jerusalem singing. Crowned with everlasting joy. Sorrow and mourning will disappear. And they will be filled with joy and gladness. I, yes, I am the one who comforts you. So why are you afraid of of mere hum humans who wither like the grass and disappear? Yet you have forgotten the Lord, your creator, the one who stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundations of the earth. Will you remain in constant dread of human oppressors? Will you continue to fear the anger of your enemies? Where is their fury and anger now? It is gone. Soon all you captives will be released. Imprisonment, starvation, and death will not be your fate. For I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord of heaven's army, and I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. I stretched out the sky like a canopy and laid the foundation of the earth. I am the one who says to Israel, you are my people. Wake up, wake up, O Jerusalem. You have drunk the cup of the Lord's fury. You have drunk the cup of terror, tipping out its last drops. Not one of your children is left alive to take your hand and guide you. These two calamities have fallen on you, desolation and destruction, famine and war. And who is left to sympathize with you? Who is left to comfort you? For your children have fainted and lied in the streets, helpless as antelopes caught in a net. The Lord has poured out his fury. God has rebuked them. But now listen to this, you afflicted ones 
who sit in a drunken stupor, though not from drinking wine. This is what the sovereign Lord, your God and defender says. See, I've taken the terrible cup from your hands. You will drink no more of my fury. Instead, I will hand the cup to your tormentors. Those who said we will trample you in the dust and walk on your backs. Hold on one more. Mm. I need to read one more Psalms 51. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins, wash me clean from my guilt, purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins and I will be cleansed. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Give me back my joy again. You have broken me now. Let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God, who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. Do not desire, do not, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Mm. Um, I need to read one more thing and then we'll get started. It's Isaiah 40, 28. Have you heard? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and not faint. That is the word of the Lord on today. Um, I need to, um, I'm going to give you a few things today, um, to meditate on. I'm going to give you some thing to chew on today. And I hope that you receive this by faith and, um, that you really understand what God wants you to understand about who you are and how you were called and how you were formed for purpose. And, um, I can only give this to you as God gave it to me. So, Father, thank you for the word. Open the eyes of our understanding to the hope and call of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. Give us ears to hear. Holy Spirit, go and do the greater work in us. We thank you, Lord, for all you called us to do in Jesus name. Amen. There is fire in my belly today. And when there is fire in my belly, anybody who knows me knows what that means. Um, we have been in, um, 
um, we have been in um, Ephesians and I want to continue in Ephesians 2 and I want to continue to show you what God has been showing me um, and giving you me revelation and I'm going to kind of give you a summary today. I wish I could put my hands on somebody. I wish I could lay hands on somebody. Um, I'm going to give you what God showed me today about Ephesians 2 and um, give you kind of a summary of what we've been um, going over. And today's message is titled, There is Ministry in You. And we're going to focus on the first through the 10th verse. Like we're going to focus um, on the first through 10 verse. Like that's what we're going to focus on first. And when I give you this, I'm just hoping that I ain't even hoping the Holy Spirit is going to work in you so that you can see everything that God is trying to tell you. You were made for ministry, right? Um, and you need to know that your identity is secure in Christ Jesus, right? Your identity is secure in Christ Jesus. So let me style this. Let me go on and give it to you. There is ministry in you. And when we read Ephesians first two, one and 10, and all this week is going to make sense to you. Um, what God is describing here is that we are made alive in Christ Jesus. We were dead. We were in disobedience. We were in our sins. We lived in sin. We lived just as the world lived. We obeyed the devil. Um, he was at work in us. We refused to obey God. But when we accepted Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we were risen from the dead. Like we were risen from the dead and we were seated with him in the heavenly realms and we were united. Right. So when I was talking to you about grace, we were united and we just have to receive it by faith. I'm, I'm getting ready to show you some things. So it meant God sees us totally different than what we see each other. And so he loved us so much. He was so rich in mercy that he restored us. Right. And so I need to give you this. That's what Ephesians 2, 1 and 10 has been teaching us. So Ephesians 2, 1 and 10 describes the real reason you are here. And you've had it, you've heard it said in so many different ways, but I need to make it plain to you. Right. Um, I need you to understand. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship. Well, the Greek word for workmanship means we were created so that we can produce or so we, we could create. So when we accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we were born again. We were regenerated. Uh, we were given a fresh start. We were um, seated. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come. Okay. Thank you. Share Yes, sir. I'm just going to teach it. So we were, te we were created how God originally created us. Like this, this, when we accepted Jesus Christ, it was a clean state. We were started over. We were like a brand new computer. We were created and we were born again in God's image, right? So when we were first born, when God first created us, Genesis 1 and 27 says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created them male and female. So when we were first born, we were created in the image. We were created so we could know him, 
so we could love him and so we could glorify him. That's why we were created. So we could know him, so we could love him and so we can glorify him. But when the call fall came, we became discombobulated, right? When Eve took um, a bite of the fruit of the tree, what she was saying was what, what, what God said to her wasn't enough. That's what she was saying. What Eve was saying was what God said to her wasn't enough. The parameters that God told her to work in the life that God gave her to leave. What she was saying was this wasn't enough. The garden wasn't enough. So when she ate of the tree to become uh, more like God without God, it was okay for her to be God like, but she was never supposed to be create God like without God. We are never supposed to be God like without God. And so when she ate of the tree, we became discombobulated. And what we were being taught was we learned to live outside the very existence of God, right? We learned to live outside the, the very existence of God. God created us to live and to work in his garden. But when that was destroyed, right? When we thought that the garden was not enough, then this world began to create systems for us, right? This world began to create systems for us to be a part of and to work in. When I told you yesterday and I showed you the water and I said, this is what it's like to live in grace. This is what it looks like to live outside of grace. When we live in the world system, we're right outside of grace because the world system teaches us to toil. The world system teaches us to toil. The world system teaches us a different perspective about money. And I'm going to get to all of that. I can't give you, I'm going to give you as much as I can. And so it, the world began to create systems for us to work in. And some of y'all are saying, Lakeisha, what are you talking about when you say systems an educational system, a religious system? And I ain't talking about kingdom. I'm saying a religious system, a government system, right? You begin to create these mountains of influences, these systems that would create a worldly order in the world. See, when we, we were designed in kingdom, never to be alienated from each other and each part of kingdom was designed to be connected so we could flow. We could flow, right? We could all be connected and flow. And I'm going to show that to you in just a second, but because of these systems, the, the, the systems were created. And, and as these systems were created, we all begin to flow and work in all of our different systems, getting education, I'm doing all these things according to those systems, a chain, uh, uh, um, obtaining wealth according to those systems, working family according to those systems, right? So that's, that's what happened after the fall of garden systems were developed and most of us were brought up in systems and somebody will say a system's wrong. I'm not saying system, I'm going to kingdom is right. And I'll show you this in a minute. So when Jesus came, now we're going back to Ephesians two, he came to bring you back to kingdom. He came to reconcile you. He came to restore you. He came. This is why you can't do this without Jesus. Without Jesus, you ain't got no purpose. Without Jesus, you ain't, you ain't got no redemption. Without Jesus, you ain't got no story. Um, that's why it ain't no all paths to God. When people say all paths lead to God, ain't no all paths to God. You can't do this without Jesus. You cannot build your life without Jesus. It's not just enough for you to have God. You got to have Jesus because Jesus is. His, 
his suffering, everything that he took on restored us back to our original factory state. So when he took a lash, it was to, to stand in the gap for all of our sins and all of the things that we had begun to indulge you in and get in, right? So I want you to fast forward something so you can understand what I'm saying about systems and the revelation can come in, right? So Jesus gets here. He's born on earth. He's born of a virgin. He's born of a miracle. It ain't nothing like God to do something in a miracle, right? He wants you to know that this ain't no regular man. So he makes him born in a very unlikely situation in a very supernatural way. And it's proof in this, right? It's proof. It's proof in this. It's a proof in this. So he's born, he's born of a virgin. It's very miraculous. Um, we know that it's miraculous because Herod, um, chronologically has all these babies killed looking for the Messiah. There's historical proof for that, right? So then he's born, he's born of Mary, he's born of Joseph. He's born to a carpenter, which is part of a system. He learns how to carpent. He was a carpenter by trade. He learns how to do carpentry, which is a part of the now system, the toil, the work of where we got to go, right? And so as he is born in this system, his dad teaches him, his earthly dad teaches him how to be a part of the system. But there is something so um, holy in Jesus that he's drawn to the temple. He's drawn to the word. Y'all better see this this morning. And so as even as a young child, it's demonstrated that he's drawn to the word. He's drawn to the temple. He's in the temple at 13 teaching the scribes. So I want to fast forward because I want you to understand how there's ministry in you. He then calls those as we fast forward Jesus he then calls those that are apostles right he starts calling the 12 apostles when Jesus begins to call the 12 apostles I need to show you where the apostles were in the system right Luke was a physician Matthew was a tax collector Andrew Peter James and John were fishermen, right? They were a part of the system. All of them were created a part and working in the system. Simon was what was called a zealot. And what I mean by zealots was he was working in politics and anarchy. He was supposed to help overthrow governments, right? Judas was a thief, right? But still a part of a system. Judas was a thief, but he was still a part of a system. And the word, it even shows us that Judas was grieved after he betrayed Jesus. And Jesus called Judas. Jesus very well knew who Judas was. And I personally believe, I'm just telling, he knew who Jesus was. So Judas was a part of another system, a dark system, but still part of a system. All chosen, right? All chosen, right? So that even after Jesus died, that they would go to work and influence their system. They would go to work and influence their system. They would go to work and be a part of the system that they were called to, right? To make impact. Let me read something to you. This is Ephesians 4, 11 and 16. And he said he gave some, not all, apostles, prophets, evangelists for the perfecting of saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, right? He said we came so that we could come in unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, right? So he called, that's why he called. So some of us are called into ministry. Some of us are called into other gifts, 
but we all called into ministry. Ministry means to meet a need. Ministry means to meet a need. You have ministry in you. Ministry is inside of you to meet a need. Some of you will say, well, I'm only called to be a stay at home mom. Guess what? You're called to a generation of kids to meet a need. Every position in the kingdom is important. You have ministry in you. Stop looking for the glory. <laughs> stop looking for the glory. And if you stop looking for the glory, then what you'll begin to find is the ministry in you. But because this world system taught us to look for the glory and not to allow God to get the glory out of our lives, then we look for all of these approvals and benchmarks and all of these things that would teach us right? That this is what makes us successful in the system, right? But all 12 of them were already working. Listen to what I'm saying so that they could go back and influence the system so that they could go back and influence the system. So, so some, some of us are caught. So you have to understand that the ministry or the need or what you're supposed to meet or what you're called to fits in the body. It fits in the system. So even if you're called to be a mom or to be a wife, it fits in the system. Marriage, it fits into the kingdom. Marriage is meant for the kingdom, right? But if I teach you ungodly marriages and ungodly precepts towards marriage, then marriage will be jacked up because it's taught to you by the system and not by the kingdom. If I teach you ungodly finances, right? Finances that are not kingdom. If I teach you debt, if I teach you, and I got a whole class on finances right now. If I teach you that it's not important for you to finance the kingdom, but it's important for you to finance and fund every other things, then you're living and bought in according to the system, right? This world's system was put in position so you wouldn't leave kingdom. That is why when there were certain preachers that began to hit the market that were teaching us to live by faith, the wreck them. And the reason the religious system began to attack them was because they didn't want them to teach something out of religion. The same Pharisees and Sadducees begin to attack those that were teaching us to live in kingdom and live by faith and make you think that they were um, um, money hungry and all of these other things when they were really teaching you how to live kingdom and not according to the system. So Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is saying, look, you got ministry in you. God is calling you according to his workmanship for something greater than yourself, right? He's saying, I'm calling, he said, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus. So God can point to us in all the future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believe and you can't take credit for this for it is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. Can somebody say the good things so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you got ministry in you. God called you to do good things long ago, 
right? But this system will make you think what God has called you to isn't very purposeful. And so we look for big titles and there are some of us that are supposed to go influence in all these areas, right? But the re but the unfortunate thing is because some of us did not have kingdom in us when we go to those areas or we'll call to those mountains, we're not displaying fruit and acting like we're supposed to be on those mountains or in those systems, right? So what happens to those of us who have not removed, renewed our mind in the word is when we look, when it looks or appears like someone famous is living on a system and being successful, then we'll think that's of God and we're not checking out their fruit and we'll use them as a baseline or, or a measurement for what successful you look like. But anybody who knows God knows he's holy. Anybody who knows God knows he's holy. And so if anybody is in a system or on a particular mountains, arts, entertainment or whatever, and they're not holy, they're not there by God. They're not there for God. If they are in a system and they are not in integrity, I don't care how much they tell you, God, you shall know them about their fruits. If they're not living out kingdom, if they're not living out the word, if they're not living out according to the world, then guess what? They're not sent there by God. I don't care how much they say God's name. He said, everyone who cries, Lord, Lord, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You got to look for their fruit. And just because it looks successful, the enemy will set you up to be successful. But we'll take those as measurements of sex success in the system. And they're not measure, measurement success. So I know you're saying, look, LMK, LMJ, how do I have ministry? In me? You were created and designed to get kingdom in you so that you could go back to these mountains or systems and make impact and make influence. <laughs> and so that's why we are to be of the world in of the world, but not in, in the world, but not of the world. God did not. So if you are participating, see, I had to come out of some stuff. I had to disconnect from some stuff. I had to be away from some stuff because he wanted me in this world, but not of this world because he knew if I was in this world and I was acting like everybody else I was connected to, then I would not be able to impact the system. If I had integrity issues, character issues, uh, then I would not be able to impact the system. I was only supposed to be in certain systems so that I could influence the system and the system could begin to look more and more like kingdom. <laughs> so this is why, this is why number one, the greatest commandment <laughs> that God gave us is to love. This is why the greatest commandment that God gave us is to love. This is why he said love. And here's why love is so important. And you're like, what does love have to do with this? Love has everything to do with this because the enemy's designed to get you out of love, right? If I'm not love, then I won't be in position to impact the system. Cause I'm gonna be murmuring cause I'm gonna be complaining. I'm going to be at work ungrateful. I'm not going to be at work positioned, understanding that when I go to work, I, if God gave me an opportunity to get a job, that I'm in this place to be in position to influence the system so they can see what kingdom looks like. Even if I'm only there temporary, even if this is only a step to the direction that I'm going in, I'm still sent there to impact the system. I am not there to be of the system. I am not there to look like the system. I am in there. But if I don't understand that the very, 
the very first most important thing is my love, right? It's my love, it's my love, then I won't get it. So chapter 22, and I love this whole verse. I can't even ring it all. Jesus is talking to them and he's demonstrating to them the parable of the great feast. And I, you got to go back and read that. And so he's telling them, um, about what it looks like when Jesus, when God keeps calling us into purpose, but we're distracted by other things. Go read the first chapter of 22. That's the very first part of the parable of the great feast. He says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cows have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went on their own way to their farm, to another business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious, right? So they killed, they went about their own way doing their own thing. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn down their town. And he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready and the guests I've invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad and alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing and teeth. For many are called but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen, right? So then they get into taxes. They trying to tra trap him. They like, oh, what are we going to do in taxes? And they get into all this stuff. And he's like, you need to render to Caesar with Caesar. You need to go ahead and pay your taxes. You're not about to treat not about to trap me. Then they get into discussion about the resurrection, right? And so Jesus comes to this next part in the 29th verse. He says, your mistake is you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God, right? So skip down to the 34th verse. It says, but when the Pharisees and Sadducees heard that he had silenced with his reply, they met together to question him again because they couldn't trap him. He's because Jesus knew kingdom, right? He knew kingdom. One of them, an expert, he was kingdom in religious law, tried to trap him with questions. He said, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these commandments. He said the entire law and all the demands are based on these two commandments. So if the enemy can come in and pervert your love walk, you cannot be effective in the systems that you're called to. So if you get offended, if you get easily hurt, if you overwhelmed, if you consumed, if you bitter, if you sore, if you frustrated, if you mad, if you all of those things, then guess what? You're not hanging your, the, you're not honor, honoring and operating in this love. And then you won't be a part of the system. You won't walk into the system. You'll be in the system acting like everybody else in the system. See the system causes, remember when I showed you the water about grace, the system causes you to be outside the water, only, uh, only getting trickles when you're in the grace of God in his will for your life, it'll wash all that stuff away. And you can be sitting in the same environment of as everyone else flourishing, thriving, 
prosperous um, and walking into the fullness because you understand every time I attach to something, I'm on assignment and I'm sent there to minister. My gift is not for me. Love will jack up the system. Love will jack up the system. Being in position will jack up the system. If you, if you make a decision to honor and be in love in your relationship, then this world's system of divorce will go away. This world system of divorce will go over. Divorce is a system, right? I won't get into this system or systematic way of things ending in divorce because I'm choosing and hanging my law on love because I'm going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul and all my mind. And then I'm going to love others without myself because my, my wholeness, my love walk precedes everything. My love. That's why he said you can hang your law on this. You can hang the law of every prophecy. Every prophet hangs on love. And when we get outside of love, the love for God and the love for others, then a system becomes perverse. Then a system begins to work and operate as man created the system and not God. God is according to kingdom and not systems. Educational systems, those are systems, they're dysfunctional systems too. So the first thing is our love walk, right? The second thing, we were all born with at least one spiritual gift. We were all born of one spiritual gift, at least one. We all have spiritual gifts in us. Well, guess why our spiritual gifts are inside of us? They are inside of us so that we could go and help our brothers and sisters fight. But if the system has me confused that I don't understand kingdom and I don't understand my spiritual gifts, my God, right? If the system, if the system helps me to think that my gift and everything that I am is for myself, my money is for myself, my money is for systems, I'll pay money in the systems that are broken versus paying money into kingdom, right? I'm just being honest. Romans 1 and 11 and 12, Paul says, I am sent, I long to see you, that I may impart to you the spiritual gift so that it can strengthen you, right? So that you can be encouraged by each other's faith, both mine and yours. That's Romans 1, 11 and 12. He said, I need to come to you and give you my spiritual gifts right? I need to give you my spiritual gifts. And some of us have more so that you can get the benefit from my gift. My gift is not for myself. My gift is not for myself. My gift is not for my glory. But if I'm looking for accolades, cause that's what the system teaches us. If I'm looking for, um, promotion according to the system. If I want to be glorified higher than God, then I will walk in this and I won't get give my gifts to others. I won't know that my gifts are more important. I won't know that my gifts were given to me so that I could walk in kingdom and walk according to purpose. First Corinthians 12, seven says now to each one, the manifestations are given for the common good, not for me, but for the common good. So I won't understand that there's ministry in me because I'm looking for other things to satisfy, to affirm, Right. That's why to look, to build me up, I'm looking for hands and pats on the back and all of this other stuff. And God is like, your gift is for everybody else. You'll give, but this system, which is broken, will teach you not to give your gifts because it's not going to teach you to love because it's going to teach you to be offended because it's going to teach you to be upset because it's going to teach you to work and toil. And it's not, 
not going to teach you that everything you need is given to you in God's grace because he already wrote your books out. And if God has already wrote my books out, then he's given me the grace to do it. If God allowed me to bring babies in this earth, whether it's right or wrong, he's given me the grace to do it. But if I trust the, the system to teach me how to raise my kids, then I'm not going to trust what God is saying or what kingdom is saying, right? The third thing I need to say to you is you need the power of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues so that you can make impacts, impact and influence your system. Right. That's your ministry, the ministry in you. I don't care if you were called to be a secretary in the system. Each position in in kingdom is important. Each position in kingdom is important. Your mountain of influence, which is what I'm saying when I'm saying system is important. I don't care if you call to sanitation services. Let me tell you something my boys did recently. Judah was in some friends. Some people were trying to ask Judah about what college he would go to. And Judah would say, Judah said, I'm not focused on what college I'm going to go to because I'm going to be 10 for right now. I get to be 10. I get to be 10. My job right now is to be a kid. And he's absolutely right. When somebody else asked him who, what was he going to do when he grows up? He said, I'm going to work for my mother. <laughs> I don't have to go to college if I don't want to. I'm going to work for my mother. When Josiah and I were filling out some things for college the other day and they were asking him some questions, he said, I don't know. Some of the disciples didn't have a degree. Now for some of you to make impact in your system, you may have to have a degree. You might have to have a degree, but your degree is only a tool for you to be able to enter into the system. That's all your degree is for. It's a tool so that you can get into this system that they set up because, but know this, God has the power to advance you without your degree. God has the power to position you without your degree. Some of y'all who are called to be in mothers right now, go study the Proverbs 31 woman. There's probably entrepreneurship in you, but that's a whole different story. So the second thing is the last thing is it. The reason you may not have tapped into or understand the ministry is you and you is because you need the Holy spirit. When they were in acts two, let me go over to acts two and I can't give you all of this. I'm getting some of this. This, this is a whole lot. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound that that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were saying they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the spirit enabled them. That was the early church. The reason that they could speak in new tongues was because they they were getting ready to get empowered to go out into the systems to make impact and influence. <laughs> To make impact and influence. They were getting ready to be empowered so that they could go out into the world and make impact and influence. You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. So part of the reason you don't understand the ministry in you is because you don't know and understand the power of the Holy Spirit and you ain't got it backed up in tongues. Tongues powers you. Tongue, tongues enables you to hear, walk, and live in kingdom. That's why it seems strange. That's why it seems weird. Well, religious order and order systems don't like people to teach kingdom, right? When Jesus came, they were the Sadducees and Pharisees were religious people, but they didn't want him teaching kingdom because he was teaching people to live outside the system. He was teaching. So when someone comes to you and start teaching you, you can have all this money and wealth. Well, we start saying, are they money hungry, greedy preachers? No, they understand kingdom, 
right? I'm going to teach you when it says, oh, no man, nothing but to love you. I'm going to teach kingdom. So let me give you a little bit of my own testimony and my story. I know exactly who I am. <laughs> I was called to preach the gospel throughout the world. Like, I'm just going to help you through me. I was called to preach the gospel throughout the world. That's what I was called to do. I'm also called to the mountain influence of media, print media, uh, television media, and all this other stuff. I know exactly who I am. I am also called to give you the gospel of Jesus Christ so something can wake up in you. So something can wake up in you and you understand that you are called to a greater purpose. You either going to become frustrated by me or you're going to fall in love with me because something in me is waking you up, which is the power of the Holy Spirit to say that there is way more in you than this. There is way more in you than you think. The teaching that God gave me for ministry was to disrupt the system. That's why the warfare on my life is so great. That's why the world, I know who I am to the body. I know, I know exactly who I am and what I was called to wake up purpose in you. I was called so you could be regenerated, restored and renewed, right? That's why the call in the ministry of my life is apostolic so that I can position you, you can be developed and you can go impact kingdom, right? Just so that you can go impact kingdom in your systems, right? Well, the enemy will tell you, don't attach yourself to nothing that's teaching kingdom. Just go to church. The enemy will tell you that, right? So when God called me into the gospel and he told me to leave the system, he called me out of a system so that I could be more influential in the world. Come on now. I'm just showing you through this in my life. He called me out of the system so that I could be more influential in the world because he knew if I was still tied in the system, y'all would not get this devotional daily. Right. Y'all would not get this devotional daily. And so he said, I'm going to pour when people meet me. They're like, why do you know so much? He said, I'm going to pour this into you so that you can teach them. So then they can go out and disrupt the systems that I've called them to impact and influence. If it's hair, if it's media, if it's education, you are called to put kingdom. You're called to push purpose out of them. You're called to the homeless so that you could wake them up and that they don't think that the homeless is homelessness is the end of who they are. People ask me, why is your ministry just about women? It isn't, but because my husband is not here yet and he's coming, I have to teach women how to be strong and be prepared according to kingdom, right? So let me show you this. Let me show you this. This isn't about my glory. This is so that you understand how you are called to impact the world. So every circumstance that I've ever been through, God has worked it out for my glory. So when, so as a little girl, when the enemy had me, when the enemy had me lusting and lingering over things, right? God said, that's good. But guess what? I'm going to teach her how to hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? This is how you got to see this, right? And when the enemy had me buy into the system of debt, God said, that's fine. All things are going to work together for a good. So then I'm going to teach her how to live kingdom finances. I'm still going to get the glory out of that, right? And when the enemy had me have babies out of wedlock, God said, that's good. I'm going to teach others. I'm going to, I'm going to use it so she can teach others how to be a single mom and a holy parent, right? And how to lead her kids in kingdom anyway, and how, how you can be restored to me. And so then even when the enemy had me buy into 
a different system, right? God always worked it for my good. Even when the, when my husband left, right? Even when my husband left and the enemy stole my husband, God said, that's fine. That's good. This going to work for her good too. I'm going to teach others how to be single saved and sanctified through her. So every time the enemy tried to come and get me or tried to buy into the system, God always said, you know what? That's good. I'm going to work this for her good, right? When my mom was putting me in theater and arts and all this stuff as a young age, and I didn't like it and understand because I'm an introvert. God said, that's good. I'm going to take this later and use this for your good. Every time I bought into a system, anytime the devil told me a lie, what, Anytime something, when the enemy started coming at me and I was losing people and my children wouldn't speak to me and all of these things were happening to me, God said, that's, that's, that's good. I'm going to take this moment right here and teach her how to love and walk in compassion. And I'm going to teach her what compassion looks like and to love people who will not even love you back. I'm going to still get the glory devil out of everything that you do to her. Right. When my money got funny and the devil started attacking me financially, God said, you know what? That's good. I'm getting ready to, I'm getting ready to teach her that I am Jehovah Jehovah. Jaira, I'm the one that provided for her. So every time I had attached myself to a system, right? Or anytime I had walked into um, something that I had absolutely no business or anytime that devil attacked me, God always had a, that's good for me. And he was teaching me for your benefit and your good. So I understand without a doubt, there is ministry to me. Every painful place, anything that I've been through was for your purpose so that I could teach so that my testimony would be greater and we could win for kingdom. My gift's not for me. <laughs> my gift's not for me. It's not for me. It's for you. Right? So there's ministry. When I understand ministry is in me, I can love the unlovely because my gifts are not for me. It's for you. It's for you. So everything that I, so when I was sick and the enemy was talking, attacking my body, God just looked at him and laughed and said, that's good. I'm going to teach her by her, by my stripes, by Jesus stripes. I'm healed. Right? Right? Because he was teaching, he teaches us along the way. Romans 8, 26 and through 28 said, all things work for the good of those that love the Lord. All things going to work out. Every persecution, every pain, everything that we've been through, all the experiences we had are developing us to ministry and going to be worked out for our good. So even if I get over into something or I buy into a system and it's not kingdom, God will still say, that's fine. I'm going to still, he'll, he'll identify Satan because when kingdom, right? When kingdom wakes up in you, when kingdom wakes up in you, when the Holy spirit is tapping on you and you're at work and you feeling depressed and you're like, this isn't it is because kingdom isn't alive in you. Because if you understand kingdom, you'll know you can work kingdom wherever you at. <laughs> you can work kingdom in whatever system. You have the authority and the power to trample on scorpions, to take control over demons. When you get that knowledge that kingdom is inside of you and it goes with you, you'll understand God's that's good. <laughs> so there's ministry in you. There's ministry in you and it starts at reconciliation and with you allowing Jesus, <laughs> right? But you got to understand the difference between the world system and kingdom. And most of us don't know the difference between world system and kingdom. That's why this little sandy haired girl with light brown eyes was sent to this world to teach you how to live kingdom, baby. It's kingdom, baby. 
I'm called to preach to the masses so that I can restore you, revitalize and renew you so that you can walk into the fullness of kingdom. There is kingdom in you. There is ministry in you. You are not without hope. You are not. But if the enemy can pervert a system and make you think that that system is simple or sluggish or perverse, then you'll walk according to that system versus walking according to kingdom. Kingdom looks very different. Kingdom is very holy. If you are in a system and it is not holy and it does not have the evidence of God, that is not kingdom. That is man-made wealth. That is Satan induced wealth and that does not make it kingdom. Kingdom produces a certain fruit. God said, I called you to be holy because I am holy. If it is not holy, it is not kingdom. If it is not holy, it is not kingdom. You can work kingdom wherever you go because kingdom is in you. Let me give you this last little bit and then we're going to go. We're going to go. It's so much I can teach on this. So I'm a purpose pusher. I'm called to push purpose out of you. I'm called to wake up excellence in you. I'm called so that you can to get God can get the glory out of your life. That's I know who I am. I know I'm called to the broken, the stained, the lost, the rejected, those that have low self-esteem. Same thing about your marriage. When you understand that your marriage, the ministry in you is for your marriage. For those of you who are single, he'll bring your husband because, or he'll bring your wife because you were designed for a specific purpose. So that y'all can do kingdom together and you will supplement them and they will supplement you. Well, if you think your gifts are all about you and you think a marriage is all about you, then you won't bring to your gifts to the table the way that you're supposed to. If your marriage is failing right now, it's because you don't understand the ministry in you. You don't understand. You don't understand the ministry in you. Let me read this last little part of this in Ephesians 2 that is so important, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone in Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, your Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by spirit. You are not sent here just to exist. You're not for yourself. Your money is not for yourself, right? I'm teaching a whole class on kingdom finances right now. When you find out what Jesus says about your finances, you'll treat your money different. I, I did. I started treating my money different. You'll start, you'll start giving the kingdom like you're supposed to. You'll start investing like you're supposed to. You will get out of debt like you're supposed to. But when you buy into this world system of money, you'll keep them same repetitive cycles. And you'll think because you're giving a little bit of it to the church and you're seeing a little bit that you're living kingdom and you ain't left kingdom yet until you leave kingdom finances. But that's a whole nother class. That's a whole nother teaching. That's a whole curriculum within itself to live out kingdom finances and not according to this world's money system, right? Why do we have student loans? Because you always going to have to work and be a part of a system. So the person who got in into government and said, we need to do student loan forgiveness. You know who that was? A kingdom influencer. See, you got to see this thing different. That's why the warfare on my life be so great, right? The enemy wants to prove that God doesn't work through, 
so he'll attack me. But what he didn't know was that I would get my resolve to kingdom. You can't attack me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper until I fulfill and walk out all my books. So when you come against my finances, when you come against my marriage and you kill my husband, uh, when you, when you have division between me and my kids, when you attack my body, when you attack my money, when you attack my car, when you attack all of these things, guess what? My resolve is, <sighs> My resolve is, my resolve is kingdom. My resolve is kingdom. I, I don't have time to spend time on your attacks. They look minimal attacks. And even when it looks like something is delayed, what God has taught me in waiting is that I, was mount, I would mount upon wings like eagles. So what I learned in my prayer time when it looked like delay was to wait on God. And then I would mount up like wing on wings like eagles because God taught me in waiting in him, I was going to be strengthened. So I'm chilled. I can sip my tea. I can throw my fate up. I can walk in the grace. I can walk under the water because I understand that what is growing in me and living in me is bigger. It's kingdom. It's not the system. The system wants you to be in bondage. God will call you to be in freedom. There's freedom where there is Christ is. There's freedom. There's liberty. That's why in systems you experience depression, suicide. That's why you'll see all these great people and they kill themselves all of a sudden of the system that's what the system was created to do i love y'all i gotta go i'll see y'all monday y'all pray me pray for me this kingdom baby we're gonna learn kingdom that's why we eating the word slow we learn the kingdom there's ministry in you stop letting the enemy lie to you and think there's not ministry in you there's a ministry in you father i thank you for this word today i thank you for your people i cancel every assignment of the enemy off their life to make them fearful to walk in the boldness of what kingdom called them to walk in they have kingdom assignments they are kingdom purpose and they will walk in the fullness of who they call to be in christ jesus and satan i serve you notice you have no uh, more authority to attack their mind because they are renewing their minds in the word so if you have accepted jesus as lord and savior of your life you know what this is the time you need to accept jesus as lord and savior so you can get free of this system so the holy spirit can get inside of you and you can become full of the word of god so that you understand that there is ministry in you i love y'all but more than anything god loves you will be back in this thing Monday morning. I might do a special teaching tomorrow. Um, I'll let y'all know. Uh, Judah J has asked me, could he teach? <laughs> and anytime my kids ask me to teach the word of God, I always let them. So we may do a little special tomorrow with Judah J and maybe Josiah. Josiah's a little bit more quiet, but he told me he needs to teach. He needs to teach with me. And so I always try to honor him and allow him to teach. So we might go live in the morning and let him teach um, and let him share whatever is in his heart. Thank y'all for the word of God. Get connected. Find out what the kingdom says about your very life. Find out what it says about your marriage, your ministry. Stay in the race. Don't give up. <laughs> Don't give up. Go back and watch this. Share this with someone. Help them to understand there's ministry in you too. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.